I know the feeling of when you don't see someone who looks like you mm. when you watch television. So I know when I would watch TV as a kid and or even as a young man now wanting to get into the news game and, and seeing these um, black men or men of color on television, I, I was happy to see that. I was yeah. DMing them when Instagram first got right. on the planet well, just to I say like, that. yo, like, thank you. you so much. Right. I appreciate you. I, you. You inspire me. Wow. So I know the feeling that I got when I saw those people. And now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff, where conversations lead to inspiration. I'm your host, Christian Palmer, and today I'm joined by digital content creator, storyteller, founder of The Phil Tate Show, and now News 12 weekend anchor, nightside reporter. Without further ado, here's Off the Cuff with Phil Tate. What's up, man? How you doing? Phil, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that was quite an introduction. I appreciate that. Anytime. How are you feeling? Good. It's the, the coldest day of the new year, right? But new year, new blessings. So I'm I'm thankful. Amen to that. How was your new year's? Let's kick it off that way. It was it was real living roomish, you know. Omicron is kind of running rampant out here. Okay. So it was kind of did it the safe way. Uh, but you know, do it with those who you love and it's a room full of love and warmth and it doesn't get any better than that. I love that. I feel the same way about that, you know. And uh Phil, I know you said, you know, the intro was a lot because you do a lot, right? Um, but I, I kind of want to start from the foundation. Um, you know, the Phil Tate Show. You were the founder of the Phil Tate Show. Um, I'm curious to know, take us back to the moment where you realized you had a passion and love for storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll take it back. So I went to school in Brooklyn, St. Francis College. And St. Francis, as you know, like you you have to take all these prerequisite classes, mm -hmm. right? And I wasn't a, a broadcast student when I first started college. I actually um, started as a business student. And uh, I took this film class, I want to say my sophomore, about my sophomore year, and there was this professor, Carl Kalan, still talk to him to this day. He's always posting me up. Wow. So proud of me. I love that man. And uh, it was a film class where we had to put together projects, video projects of just different things he would send us out to do. And I put a reel together and he said, you know, you have a lot of talent. And he mm. said, I don't think that you should be sleeping on what you have. I think you can really do something. And I was like, eh, I don't know if, if I could could do this, you know, talking in a very negative tone many times when referring to myself. And he said to me, no, I think you should give this a shot. And from there, I said to him, okay, I had this class on Saturday mornings. That's when the class was. And he would leave the studio open for me Wow. after class so that I could um, stay there to, to work on whatever project I was trying to create. So it was myself and Kareem Cooper and another one of my friends, Darren Harper. Mm. And we came up with this whole concept of the Phil Tate show. My friend, he wanted to produce. The other one wanted to manage. So it was this marriage, which everyone walked away with feeling fulfilled. So wow. someone was booking, somebody was cutting and editing. And then you have me being on camera trying to come with great questions. Mm. And from there, that was really the beginning before it was called the Phil Tate show. It was just, we were just doing interviews. And then we started uh, calling it the Phil Tate show saying we wanted to get more and more guests, greater assets, and then just continue to build from there. Wow. Did he ever, did the professor ever come in on Saturdays to see you live? He never came. He would stick around sometimes, okay. but he got to see the the fruits of what we were mm. trying to build because we started releasing these episodes on YouTube and he started to see the traction yeah. that we were getting at the time. So he was like, oh, Phil ain't playing no games. Even if it was with, let's say, local mover and shakers, over time, he was able to see, wow, these guys are really putting in the time. Absolutely, because you had a whole, you know, a great scheme of people there. You had Angelie, Little Mama, 
Um, Kurt Angle, too. We talked about it. You know what I'm but saying? But it didn't start there. Right. Exactly. So yeah. tell us a little bit more, like, kind of the foundation and the whole journey of, like, how you develop to get some of these people. Yeah. So literally, you know, when you, whenever you start anything small, you have to make people believe in what you're actually creating. That's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Myself as a, a news personality, right? I had to be able to show that I could do something mm -hmm. for people to say, you deserve these opportunities. So, uh, Early on, we just started uh, trying to find those who were in our communities who we felt were making a difference. Gene Alert, my first ever guest, mm -hmm. still talked talk to him two days ago, one of my biggest mentors in my life. And from there, of just having local people who are, are just as, as valid as those who might have a larger following, uh, we started to say, all right, who could we get and how we're going to do it? So literally, uh, we created like an electronic, elect electronic press kit. <laughs> and uh, was saying, you know, we wanted to change the world through inspirational interviews mm. and wanted others to dream big by them sharing their stories. And it was just all about being in the know, what was going on in town, uh, what events were going on. The, the Ween Awards, uh, Simone Smalls, huge celebrity publicist, uh, she actually gave me my first shot off of me uh, doing some legwork of telling some people to reach out to her for me, wow. for her to let me on my first red carpet. That was mm. the first time that I interviewed Angela Yee, mm. Yara Shahidi, Megan Good, right, right. all those yeah. all those big, Kerry Hilson, all yep. those big names. And it was all about just trying to connect the dots, meet new people, and people being able to see, wow, you really have a passion and love for what you're not, you're doing. It's not mm. about you just trying to be famous, but you're really trying to make a difference. Out Absolutely. There. Wow. You see how things just start and just evolve? Like, you can't be afraid to ask, right? You can't be... You, there is no, you, the worst someone can tell you is no. That's what I'm learning. The worst someone can tell you is no. Mm. So why, why are we always afraid? Exactly. And I feel like sometimes no is just the beginning mm -hmm. to, to like a bigger blessing and stuff. Now, uh, Phil, you know, storytelling is super powerful. And, you know, why do you feel like power, why do you feel like storytelling, why do you feel like people should be telling their stories? And why is it important for people to actually listen to some of their stories? I think that it's important for people to share their stories because there's a lot of things. We, we all come from different communities. We all come from different places of life. And many times to this day, people are still unaware of the things certain communities go through, right? So, for example, if a kid in Brownsville shares his story about the resources that may or may not be there, might open the eyes for someone who might have grown up on the other side of town who did have the resources mm. that were available or who didn't have those resources. By us sharing our stories, it allows us to learn from each other. If this world had a million Phil's or a million of Christians, it would be a boring place, right? right? So stories not only help us to see the world through each other's lenses, but it also allows us to share something that people would have never known about us too. Yeah, and, that, and that's the beautiful part. And I feel like just... In this environment, I feel the I feel the energy. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel the just the entire room just vibrating so much because there's so much energy coming from you. And I know sometimes people don't just get the chance or the platform to share their story. Mm. So now talk to me a little bit about the transition that happened, right? We started at the Phil Tate show. Now you transitioned to News 12 reporter. You know, tell me a little bit more about how that opportunity came about, what went on at that time. Yeah. There were two um two little like spots before News 12. Okay. Right? So uh, did the Phil Tate show, graduated from college, was still doing the Phil Tate show after graduating, uh, still doing guests, just trying to figure out what I was going to do, trying to break into the field. Mm. Uh, I literally had knew this guy who was working at Fox 5 New York. And uh, at the time, I wasn't working in news yet. And I, all I knew was that I wanted to get into the industry. I wanted to get into the industry. 
He saw my passion and I was able to uh, meet with the executive producer of Good Day New York here in um, the city. And uh, from there, I was able to meet with him, interview with him. And I worked with Good Day New York for about seven months mm. where I work, uh, was working with uh, Sukanya Krishnan, Rosanna Scotto, Lori Stokes. And it was almost like I was working with all the people who I grew up watching on television. Wow, look at that. Full circle moment. For, full circle moment. That was my first introduction into the news world. And uh, it was incredible. From, from there, I knew that I really wanted to be a reporter. So while the celebrities and all that was cool and being a part of a show production was awesome, um, I then went to New York One, mm. where I worked directly with reporters. And I was shooting their elements uh, out in the field, seeing how they wrote, seeing how they went live, uh, seeing the questions that they asked, and did that for about six months. And then from there, uh, I was always put it working my, on my reel while I was out in the field. So by that time, I had a reel put together, and then I shopped it to News 12, and they said, come on down. Wow, look at that. And then you've been there for like almost about three years now? A little under three years now, coming wow. up for three years, hopefully this summer. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's been good. It's, it's been good. It's been a lot of hard work. It's been good days. It's been bad days like any job. Uh, there have been days when you question, you know, why did I get into this? But your love for it, it never, um, when that, if that never fades, then I think you're in the right field. Right. And I, and I feel the passion I, and I sense the drive there and stuff. And, you know, I, I want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper so, to some of those tough days, right? And some of those challenges. Can you just give us a little bit more of an inside look of what some of those days look like, you know, being on the studio, being live, but also talk a little bit more about the impact it has for our community when they see Phil in front of their TV as a black journalist? What does that do for our community? So the first question I'll answer, um, every day, there's no two days that are alike as a journalist. Mm. I come, come into work, I have a story for five o'clock, a story for seven, and a story for 10. Some days those stories could all be the same, and then other times they can all be different. So for five o'clock, I have to almost pull all this information. So let's say we're talking about vaccinations. Mm -hmm. I have to see, you know, what what's the latest information, how it re relates to people, get out to people, start talking to people. So we're taking a topic and then we're going to bring it to how this affects the community, right? Okay. So let's say vaccinations are widely available to everyone now. Community members, what does that mean to you? Are you happy right. that this has been passed? Do you think it can save your life? Are, are you for it? Are you not? Right. And, and so I'm, I'm gathering all these elements with the photographer so that we can go live at five o'clock. Mm. And then maybe for seven o'clock, we're going to change the story. And I want someone is going to tell me they're not for vaccinations, wow. right? And then for 10 o'clock, I might be on a fire or a car crash. And I get a call saying, hey, you have to head over to the other side of Brooklyn and you got to get there, but we need you there. Mm. So no two days are alike. Some days I might work 10 hours sometimes, you know, during the protests. There was no time I was out there. I was, I was, I was in there, you know. Um but but like I said, it's it's the love and the drive for what right. you do, which keeps you there. Second question that you asked was the impact of when people see myself on screen. Yeah, I'd like to say I know the feeling of when you don't see someone who looks like you mm. when you watch television. So I know when I would watch TV as a kid and or even as a young man now wanting to get into the news game and, and seeing these um, black men or men of color on television, I... I was happy to see that. I was yeah. DMing them when Instagram first got right. on the planet just wow, to say like, that. yo, like, thank you. you so much. Right. I appreciate you. I, you. You inspire me. Wow. So I know the feeling that I got when I saw those people. And now the impact of me um, in a small way being on, on television, I see it because now when I'm at my grocery store, I had the mask on and my baseball cap. And I was like, <laughs> Anchorman! 
Anchorman. Wow. Anchorman. Look at that. Or like, I'm just trying to get my canned milk off of the, the right shelf at Food Bazaar. And someone was like, oh my gosh, where do I know you from? And I'm like, mm, News 12. And he's like, <laughs> you were like a celebrity? You wow. know, so there's that. You see the impact. Yeah. I don't think it's anything that I have to make up. I see it's it's the joy that you bring to someone when they see someone who looks like them. And she's and the woman said to me, "Why are you shopping here?" I'm like, "I'm from Canarsie. Where else am I supposed to shop?" Yeah. Right. So yeah. so when when you know that I come from where you come from, mm. I walk the streets that you've walked. I have lived in the neighborhoods that you've lived. I see the issues that you've dealt with that I've dealt with as well. That's the impact because you feel someone understands us, mm. and I'm not just bringing a story, but that I realize that this is more than just a story. These are your lives. Yeah. Wow, Phil. You see, you're the perfect man for the role. And, and, you know, <laughs> listen, I, and, and it's it's so beautiful that you know people are able to relate you with you in that in that sort of way because you're right. Like they see you and and you walk the same path they walked once, right? And I think that's super inspiring, super powerful, and stuff. And I'm sure that as people continue to see you grow, navigate through your career. You know, you're going to have those full circle moments continuously because people are probably going to be DM you if they aren't already just saying, yo, you're my biggest inspiration. Keep going, keep going. You know, and I and I feel the drive and I and I appreciate the inspiration I'm feeling today. So thank you, thank you for sharing that. And uh, you touched on, um, you know, 2020 a little bit. Right. Uh, you talked about you were in, at the forefront. You you were there, you know, with the protesters. You were there, you know, with the death of uh, George Floyd. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, there were so much emotions. I'm sure there's tons of emotions that you go through every day with certain stories that you have to fulfill or just get it out there, right? And I think what I want to focus on is how do you balance work and your personal life, but also even more, how do you go into some of these moments where you trying to balance your personal feelings or emotions that you're going through at the time? Like, what are your experiences? How do you balance all that? Um, so being able to... Uh, talk to different groups of people, whether some days I was accepted or maybe some days when I wasn't accepted to talk to people, um, was the story. And it, and it forever changed all those days of protest that we saw here in our city, just as we saw the entire world. Right. Um, but I keep my personal feelings in check, realizing that, um, yes, I am a man of color. I can't have my skin color. Right. Uh, but realizing that a lot of the feelings that uh, were felt around the world, were, were feelings that were felt among masses of people. But I also realized that I was on the on the forefront and reporting at a time like this for a certain reason, Yeah. right? So this wasn't a time for me to be emotional. This was not a time for me uh, to say I'm throwing in the towel and I'm going to do what I wanted to do. It was me to continue to be a journalist, to be on the ground. And that also when people saw me out there, that they could also feel comfortable right. to talk to me as well, Absolutely. right? So it was, I, I, I was happy, even though it was an, an unfortunate situation to be in, I was happy to be reporting in such a time like this and, and to be trusted to do it. Mm. And, and when you are like on the field and gathering these stories and stuff, do you ever have an outlet for your own self just to let it out like, or to express yourself in many ways? I'm learning. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Just I'm learning. Bit. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, during the pandemic, self-care, mental health, they really were pushed to the forefront. And I think, you know, so many times, you know, when they talk about people dump their problems on you, you know, it's, and I'm not just talking, that's not what news is what I'm saying is, but a lot of times you can carry the weight or bear the weight of certain situations. When someone tells me something bad, sometimes maybe I feel that a little bit more than let's say another person, right? So I now carry that weight on me. So now I need to do something to, um, Take care of Phil, 
right? And to make sure that Phil's mind is clear and to make sure that the things that Phil's even going through in his personal life, that I'm making, I'm clear of those things. So during the pandemic, I've been trying to have more fill time and more downtimes. It's okay to sit down. It's yeah. okay not to do anything on an off day. You don't always got to be running anywhere. Uh, working hard doesn't always have to mean sweating seven days a week. Uh, so I've been being more kind to myself and uh, being more patient, loving myself more, and just trying to uh, realize that it's okay to feel what you feel and you don't always have to be strong all the time. Wow. And you feel like you learned that in 2020. Absolutely. Because wow. I think 2020 was this humbling yeah, moment for absolutely. everyone where we saw that this this virus, it did not um, discriminate against anyone, mm-hmm. right? And then during that same time of the coronavirus pandemic, the height of it, we also saw these protests yeah. that were ringing out. So it was a lot. You know, yeah. it was a lot to take in mentally. For sure. Uh, day in and day out. But I believe that I was put there for a certain reason. Absolutely. And if we take care of ourselves the right way, then we can serve the right way. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I continue to do and want to do. And serving people makes me happy. It's I'm happy to see smiles on other people's faces. That brings me much joy. Yeah. And um, every day when I went home after work, I know that I when I put my head on my pillow, I felt like I had done my due diligence for the mm. day. I felt like I did. I felt satisfied. Wow. And if I think if we feel satisfied, then then you're operating in your purpose. And even if you feel stressed out on certain days, that's okay. Yeah. But just you have to remember to also serve yourself the right way as well. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer that I think, you know, our gift and our purpose and our passion is is bigger than us sometimes, right? We're here to serve in in many capacities. So sometimes when we don't feel like getting up or don't feel like showing up. We push ourselves in those moments and stuff. Have you ever experienced moments where you feel like this was it? You kind of wanted to throw in the towel, but you didn't? Like, what kept you going in some of those moments? Definitely felt like there were moments. In, in 2020? Is, is in what, general. In general? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, there have been so many moments when I've said I just wanted to call it a quits and just be like, peace out. I'm done. There was moments when, uh, after I graduated from college, even with... The Phil Tate show and me just wanting to get on air and me not being able to connect the dots. And mm-hmm. I remember being in my basement, walking around, calling someone and saying, I think I'm just going to give up because this isn't working out anymore. And I think that I'm just going to settle and maybe go back to school and figure it out. And this just isn't working anymore. And sometimes when you want to bring good to other people and you believe in your dream, sometimes you say to yourself, why is not my dream mm-hmm. Like, why isn't it coming to me? Like, why, like, why am I, why do I have to go through all these trials and tribulations just to, to get to this point? Like, I know I have the talent. I think, I know I have the drive, but what's the hold up? But sometimes I think that God doesn't doesn't always give us, um, God doesn't give us what we need when we need it. Mm -hmm. I think he gives it to us when he believes it's in his time. And um, I just had to be patient. And and another thing that I'm learning still, <laughs> but uh, I had to learn to exhibit patience. Patience, and um, and I remember being on the phone and someone saying to me, "Phil, I'm not letting you quit. You're not mm-hmm. going to give this up. You have too much talent. You have too much to give." And and unfortunately, at that time, when I feel myself in dark places, it's hard for me to see what's on the other side. Like usually when people can see like, oh, Phil, Phil you're going to be so great and you're going to be this. It's hard for me to conceptualize that or to see that because I'm so dark, mm. right? Uh, but thank God you have people in your life and, and God who are able to see 
all that is on the other side. So of course, many moments. So if I if I had given up then, all of this would have never come to light. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. And I'm I'm so happy you did push through, right? And I'm so happy that you have people around you that keep you going in moments where you feel like, you know, you don't see the other side just yet. But thankfully, you know, we have you on the other side. You're actually experiencing the other side right now. And it's a beautiful thing just to see you every weekend after weekend, you know, doing your thing, doing your hustle. And it's an amazing just to see the amounts of growth from where you started to where you are now. It's it's a phenomenal thing. Um, now, I, I want to kind of pause really quick and let me know what comes to mind when I say these three words, right? Dream, reach, and inspire. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little, tell us a little bit more about that. That's, uh, you know, that's your not-for-profit. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so uh, Dream Reach Inspire, when I was in college, uh, literally there were these three words that I wrote on the A-train, uh, and I put them on paper, and I kept trying to figure out which way they sounded better, mm. Inspire, Dream Reach, Reach, Inspire, Dream. And uh, I said I wanted to have this event in college that was going to inspire people because everyone who was around me, I just felt like we all had this negative thinking, you know, what are we doing after college, right? And and or, or even if we had a plan, we were just negatively talking about the plan. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to have this event that was going to inspire people. And I had the event in college. It was amazing. And from there, um, as I told you, I didn't get into uh, into news as soon as I got out of mm-hmm. college. I was working at a charter school for a year where I taught kids. And I realized, wow, like if I can bring that same event, but bring it to a kid format Mm. where young kids to see they can dream, reach, and inspire, then their outlook on life might be completely different, right? So dream, reach, inspire, uh, every Friday we would bring uh, lawyers, doctors, um, people from the police department, uh, every occupation you could think, football, to do workshops with kids, not where it's like a career fair where it's boring, but really do fun workshops where they feel motivated, where they feel like having fun. And and that's what it really became, an opportunity to uh, bring light to children, bring opportunities to kids and for them to see that they can be whatever they want to be in the world, just like I'm trying to be. You know, that's amazing, Phil, you know, and and I've seen just the work you put into that. Um, You know, why is it so important for you to empower the next generation? I think it's important for young kids to be able to see what they can become. Mm. And I think that a lot of times we take for granted the homes when me and my friends sit down and talk, the homes that we grew up in and being able to realize not everyone comes from the same background and not everyone has someone rallying around them for them to become what they can become in life, right? Uh, Growing up, I grew up in New York City schools. I went to school in Canarsie, Brooklyn, all the way to Fort Greene, Brooklyn. And I was able to see uh, that there are challenges out there and that Families do have it tough, but if we're able to create positive imagery for young people to be able to see that if you do A, B, C, you can get all the way to Z at the end of the alphabet. And But it's being able to have that exposure mm-hmm. early on to say, okay, if I, if I stay with school, if I go to college, if I continue to prepare myself for the workplace, I can go out and have a successful career. But if I don't see that, and we take it for granted that everyone does see that, then what's going to happen? I'm going to get lost. Yeah. So why can't we? Why can't we change that? So the same success that I want for myself, I want for other people. I don't want it to be. Many friends say to me, "Oh, Phil, you're doing the best out of all of us." I don't want to hear that. I want to hear, "No, we all have the same opportunity. We all were able to see these are all the things that you could become, right. and we all had them at our fingertips, and it was what you did with it." Yeah, because I'm a big believer that there's so much space for everybody to win. 
you know, and and I think that's super empowering because you know within my circle and within your circle too, we say we we both attest to the same things. Like if I'm winning, I want you to win too. You Absolutely, know, we're all winning. We inspire each other. And, and it's it's so funny. You know, we're talking about Dream Reach Inspire. Had the shirt on today. I literally <laughs> created this uh, hoodie that had like the logo of on it mm. on it. And, like I wear it to the studio every Saturday. Usually before the show, I'll walk in with like a hoodie and sweats, and yeah. I'll change before the show. And even though I'm not doing it to promote my nonprofit or whatever, every time I put on that hoodie, it's a reminder to myself to live out those three words mm. and to realize that Dream Reach Inspire, it lives on through the people. When you know people tell me that they, whether it was the kids who were in the program or whether, whether it was those who came to the shows, they, they always say those words when they see me, yo, Dream Reach Inspire. Wow. So it's an impact. It's not about me, yeah. but it's that lasting impression. Every time I put that hoodie on, I'm like, Phil, do you remember when you wrote those three words on the A-Train? Mm. And now you're wearing this hoodie into the studio to go anchor the show tonight. Wow. That, that, that never leaves me. Wow, it doesn't. And look at that. Like that, that same passion and drive that you had on that A-Train, I can feel it right now. Mm. You know, And like you said, it's bigger than you and it's bigger than us. And I, I pray that it continues to inspire millions and millions of people and stuff out there. Because like you said, like it, it goes through people. You channel through people, you know. Um, and that's to me is so phenomenal. And you know, Phil, in the last couple of questions here and stuff, um, I'm curious to know what's currently inspiring you at this moment. That's a good question. <laughs> no one's ever asked me that. Yeah, let's talk about it then. <laughs> what's inspiring me at this moment? Uh, so many times I'm inspired by looking at those who are in the places that I'd like to once sit in. Mm. Right. So Demarco Morgan, he mm. works for CBS Network. He inspires me, his cadence, the way he talks, the wow. way he pauses, the way he wears a suit, the way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Craig Melvin, Today Show, another brother. Uh, when I watch him, I'm just able to see the charisma and the poise to, to sit in that seat, right? So um, Sunny Hostin from The View, I'm a huge fan of. Wow. She's uh, someone who was a... A prosecutor, she's from the South Bronx. She became a big-time lawyer. She's now using her legal skills to uh, talk about a lot of issues on mm -hmm. the ABC multi-platform networks. Those are people who inspire me because I love to learn. Right. I, I, I really, I'm like a, I'm like a nerd, you but I, I, really, I, I really, really, really love to learn. And those people really uh, inspire me to be better, to want to know more. And then with the knowledge that I do have, mm -hmm. to be able to share it. I love people who are talking about politics, people who are talking about issues. Let's talk about uh, immigration. Let's talk about voting rights. Mm. Let's talk about the vaccination. Let's let's talk about um, human rights, civil rights. Mm. Let's talk about these issues, right? Sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm inspired by them because, one, a lot of these issues, uh, I grew up on them or had right. inclinations with them, and now I'm in a position where I'm able to amplify stories around these topics, right? Mm. So what inspires me is people who are in the places that I'd like to get to one day, but also people who are teaching me things as I continue on my journey. Wow. Bill. <laughs> and we manifest in this show, right? Mm. We we you said it out loud and and you know, we manifest it. So the things are gonna be coming when they come, like you said, you know, there's no better time, you know, for when God says it's time. So Keep your eyes and ears open because it's coming. You know what I'm Thank saying? I, I, re I receive it. I receive. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Phil, I would love to know a little bit more about what's next for you. What can we expect from Phil Tate? Um, and how do we best support you moving forward? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me right now, I'm choosing to just stay in the present. 
think so many times we get so lost in saying like, what's next? And I want to be here and I want to go there that I miss out enjoying the moment of where I am right now. And I know that I worked so hard and I cried in my bed so many nights just being like, God, like I want this so bad. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, you know, why isn't this working out? Um, so um, right now, you know, I'm on Wednesday, Thursdays and Fridays, you can find me five, seven and 10 o'clock on News 12. I'm usually reporting, you know, the big news of the night. And then on the weekends uh, for the uh, 5 and 10 o'clock shows, I'm anchoring those evening shows. So if you have the News 12 app, you can download it there. Nice. Uh, so you can tune in. We we give a really good range of everything that's kind of going on in the city all the way to your headlines coming out of Washington. Uh, so if you want to tune in to watch some news, right. you can do that. And then um, if you'd like to keep up to date with me, Phil Tate on social media. Um, very active with people on Absolutely. social media. Um, and that's pretty much it. And And for what's next, you know, the best is yet to come. As you said, sometimes we just have to let things marinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for right now, I just know for what's next for Phil is to continue to being the best Phil mm. and to continue to make an impact where I am and continue just to tell good stories every day. Absolutely, Phil. And we're so proud of you. And um, I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. Because that. this off-the-cuff thing, it reminds me very much of how the Phil Tate shows got started. This is a very nice setup, though. I wasn't <laughs> there. But it reminds me of, of where it begins, right? Mm. And, and we know that if we start with drive and we start with hunger that these things build. So I know that this is just a small part of everything that's to come for you. Nah, thank you, Phil. And you know, it's crazy. I think the first time we connected, there's one thing you said to me, it was, uh, I never forget it. I never forgot it actually. And, and I want to, and I want to share with the world and stuff. Cause I'm all also about paying it forward. And you said to me, humility is where it starts and it should end. And I never forgot that because I'm like, wow, you're right. Because you understand the humble moments, the humble beginnings. You know? And of course, you want to drive and you want to achieve that success. But don't forget where you started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I never, ever forgot that, Phil. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, never forget it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. And, I'm, and I keep going there. But, uh, you know, we. I want to kind of share something. Well, I, I want you to share. Um, what advice would you share for, you know, the next generation that has to come or that has yet to come that is looking into you as an inspiration, what would you say to them for those who are looking to either to be in a journalist or either to look, tap into news or into media or just, you know, just kind of want to mirror some of the paths that you went through? Like what, what advice would you share to the next generation? And and my response would be what I told, what I would tell my younger self, mm. right? Because I, when I speak to young kids, I want to speak to what was Phil like, right? Mm. At 10, 12, 15, you know, it's, I look at myself, I wasn't the best at basketball growing up. I wasn't the best. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. kick a ball like everybody else. Somehow it didn't work out. Okay. I wasn't the first person picked on a basketball team. I felt as a kid like I really didn't do anything amazing, you know, growing up. I mm. felt like I was just there. And that's okay, right? To feel like you're not good enough or great, it's it's okay. Um, but you also have to recognize that even with feeling like that, there is still greatness within you. Mm. And uh, we're all born with something great. I believe that we're all birthed with something inside of us, whether that's to become a doctor, become a lawyer. We all have something special within us, and it's for us to figure out what exactly that thing is. And uh, I think when we look at ourselves like that, it allows us to realize that even though if someone does something else better and they might be shining and you might not feel that way, that there is something within you and to be on the hunt for it. Mm. and um, to realize that we all blossom at different points in life and we all bud at different points and um, it's okay. And this race is not for, um, it's, it's not 
for the Swift, right? It's it's right. it's it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Sure. And and just keep keep your eye on the prize. Keep going. Look yeah. at that. I appreciate you sharing, uh, Phil. And you know, I I want to take this time to kind of pause a little bit because I, I want to give you your flowers. And we just do do this thing on the show where we give people their flowers, you know, and specifically for you, I'm going to give you your flowers for your humility, for being bold, for being present, and for being the voice of the community for sometimes they may not feel like they have one, but they have you, you know, and I want to give you your flowers for doing that and everything that you do along the way. No, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Anytime. And um, we always flip it back to the guests. Um, you know, who would you give your flowers to? A lot of people, you know. My parents have been rock stars. Uh, they really have been behind me every step of the way. My sister, my family, um, my church. Love my church a lot. So many great people there. Uh, ain't gonna get me crying. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this is good. Um, you know the the people who I who I've rocked with and who have rocked with me for so many years. My teachers. You know, I went to um, Susan McKinney High School. In Fort Greene, Brooklyn, there were so many teachers there who saw so much good within me before mm-hmm. I could see it within myself and and just told me to stay focused, you know, my professors in college. Um, and I think that's where you say humility comes from because you didn't get here by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I am the stories of all those who have given me something, given me a word of encouragement when I wanted to give up, who have given me a couple of dollars if I, if I needed it, who have given me access to certain rooms I take all of those people with me. So I realize that it's not about me. It's not mm-hmm. about um, me, my pictures or social media or me feeling like I'm up here and everyone's down here because this story is not just my story. It's the stories of all those who have given me something all along the way that I still hold on to each day wow. when I'm stressed out, when it might look like everything is perfect, but I might be feeling not so great inside. And I'm able to recall certain situations about someone who told me something to feel you're this or feel you're that. And it comes back to my recollection and it hope, helps me to keep on going for a little bit longer. Wow. That's amazing. And, I, and I'm super thankful for you, you know, that you had so many people help you along the way. And that's super inspiring. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. That. Um, and as we transition to kind of close uh, tonight's episode out, um, I would love uh, to just take the time to share this one with you because this is what we call the hidden gems. Now, the Hidden Gems is a variety of questions inside, and all I'm going to all I'm gonna have you do is go inside, pick a question, read it out loud, and say whatever comes off the cuff. Really? All right, so let me shake it, though, before, so you know that something's in there. This is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you go in there, take a question, pick one, read it out loud, and let's hear it. All right, so what did 2021 teach me about myself that I take into the new year. Um, 2021 taught me that you are stronger than you think, that you have grown through immense pressure mm. on different ends, some told and some untold, but you have survived, thrived, you have persevered, and now it is time for you to Continue to realize that there will be more growing pressures along the way, but that you've been prepared to handle them. Wow. You like self-reflect daily. Daily. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's amazing, Phil. And thank you so much for sharing that. You know, 
the entire time I felt the energy, the entire time I felt the vibrations in the room. And it's super empowering for us to get the chance to hear your story a little bit more and empower others to share their story as well, because mm-hmm. you never know who you're going to inspire in the room. Yeah, And you have been that, an inspiration to me and hopefully everybody else that tunes into this, because where you started and where you at, like you said, you've been through amounts of pressure, but you got yourself through it. Yeah. So. And God, you can't forget God. God, for sure. You can't forget God. Always God, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And and God is good always. All the time. Always. All the time, God is good. Yes, always. And God so. is good all the time. Amen. And there you have it. That was Off the Cuff with Phil Tate.